Blog Talk Radio. Don't shop for car insurance until you hear this one secret. Every day, insurance companies adjust their rates for one reason or another. They are constantly adjusting the prices for coverage, which means today, Company A has the best rates. Tomorrow, Company B. It's just like... Don't shop for car insurance until you hear this one secret. Every day, insurance companies adjust their rates for one reason or another. They are constantly adjusting the prices for coverage, which means today, Company A has the best rates. Tomorrow, Company B. It's just like buying an airline ticket. How can you possibly know which company is the best match for you on any given day? Easy. Call We Speak Insurance. With their patented technology, We Speak Insurance matches thousands of consumers with the top insurance companies in America. We Speak Insurance is continuously updating the insurance companies and their formulas. Call We Speak Insurance and you'll know which insurance company is the best match for you. If you've just received your renewal, you bought a new car or moved, We Speak Insurance will connect you with the best company for you. Today, get the best match whenever you shop for car insurance. Call We Speak Insurance. Everybody, it's eight o'clock, and you already know what time it is. It is time for my show, The Mecca James Show. I give you fashion, politics, relationships, and everything in between. Oh my God! I tell you, people, every week I bring you the best of the best to The Mecca James Show. Tonight we have a very special guest, and this month is March, so it's Women's History Month, and I am so happy because this is one of my favorite authors, writers. Mertha Michelle will be on the show. She's going to talk about her amazing best-selling book, Letters to the Men I Have Loved. I love her poetry. And she'll be on the show. And you know I have music and so much more. Um, all the people that's out there on Instagram, follow me on Instagram, Mecca James. Also follow me on Twitter, Mecca from Uptown. And I have the MJ Collection by Mecca James. So you can go to www. S-B-E-T-S-Y dot com forward slash Mecca and the, in the actually the MJ Collection and you can buy any of the MJ Collection hats. I'm just so happy to be here and you know I love poetry, I love artists, anyone that can make you feel, you know, any type of emotion, whether it's a good emotion, a bad emotion in their, in their artwork is amazing. So we're going to give you some music, and we're going to come back, and we're going to speak to author Mirtha Michelle, and she's going to talk about her book. It's the Mecca Jane Show, everybody. We're going to give you a little bit of Sam Smith. Well, let's give you a little bit of LL Cool J. Love you better. It's the Mecca Jane Show, everybody. This is so my Baby. Oh. 
this is hard to say. I want to make sure I go about this in the right way. Because lately I've been busy a lot. And I know you don't feel appreciated and whatnot. I used to tell you that your hair looked fly. Kiss you slow and stare in your eyes. Now I talk real foul and slick. Every other sentence is you make me sick. Back in the days I was your number one pick. Now your heart's half broken and that's hard to fix. I had to dig deep inside myself. Cause I can't see you bouncing with somebody else. It's a long journey back to the place we was. When I was too embarrassed to admit I was in love. And you was my good girl that wouldn't give it up. I can't let her self-destruct. Baby, smile today. Cause I've been a I think about the things we did And I think about you having my kids And I think about us sharing a crib Losing all that, God forbid You deserve flowers and candy The simple things In addition to the SLs, baguettes and rings Instead I walk around like I'm a king And having you ain't nothing but a thing I even stopped telling you the loving was good Too busy fronting in the hood Baby girl, hold me tight Don't ever let go I'ma do it real gentle, baby, nice and slow one more chance, baby, and don't say no, cause I got another side to show. Some say love is painful, it helps you grow. Well, it's time for the pain to go, you know? Baby, smile today, yeah. cause I've been I meant to hurt you. No. Do you think I meant to hurt you? So let's laugh together, cry together. God willing, we gon' die together. Do you think I meant to hurt you? No. Do you think I meant to hurt you? No. So let's laugh together, cry together. God willing, we gon' die together. It's a brand new me, a brand new you, a brand new day. Sky so blue. Hold my hand while I walk with you. Sit on my lap, let me talk to you. No more games calling you foul names. Acting like females is all the same. I'm gonna love you better, my mentality changed. From this day forward, I'll never be the same. I'm gonna rub your lower back, share my dreams. I love you, let me show you what I mean. Give you the deepest love a girl ever seen. Watch you sleep so peaceful and serene. A toast to the queen, you're back in my life. But this time, I'm gonna do it right. Trust me, from the bottom of my heart, nothing's gonna tear us apart. I promise. Like I told you, people, it is the Mecca Jane Show, and this show is all about love and relationships. So just, you know, emotion and passion. We have one of my great authors. She's on the line right now. 
Mirka Michelle is on the line, and I'm just going to let her in right now. She is a phenomenal poet, author, and she's going to talk about her book and so much more. I'm so excited about this. Hi, how are is you? Is this Mirka on the line? Hi, Yes, yes. Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you thank for having you, thank me. You. No problem. Let's give the hand claps because you are amazing. Let's give the <laughs> Martha Michelle on the Mecca James Show. Eminem, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Enjoying the weather here in Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. We're in. Or we're, I'm on the East Coast, unfortunately. Um, we, you, we just broke 44 degrees, which is like 70 for us now. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a lot better than when I was there. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. So I wanted to tell my audience because, you know, I am I respect poets and writers, any artist that can make you feel. And how did I get a chance of knowing your book? I think I saw someone post one of your poems on Instagram, and I automatically started following you. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's deep. I love this. This is like a part of my life. Thank so you. So when you said your you. you're welcome. You're so welcome. So when you said your book was coming out, I was just on it. I said, I got to get the book. I, I got the book, and saw you in person, and it's just an honor for you to be on the Mecca Jane show. I'm just so happy about that. Thank you. No problem. It's been really beautiful, the, the love I've received with the journey of Letters to the Men I Have Loved. I'm very grateful for it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we're, we have um, so much more. So before we get into your book, what is your na- tell the audience what's your nationality? It is Women's History Month, and I'm so happy about that. I'm Dominican. I was born in Dominican Republic, and I was raised in Miami. And yeah, I've been living yeah, yeah. in Los Angeles for a number of years now. But I'm I'm a Dominican girl. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, a hundred percent. A hundred percent, Dr. I know that's right. hundred percent Dominican. <laughs> I do some research on you, and you're an actress as well. Tell us about your career as being an actress. Um, yeah, I um, I I've been acting for for a number of years, and you know, I'm an artist, so it's like for me, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm attracted to all things creative, and yeah. I I feel like I I I've focused uh, a lot of time into acting and that sort of thing and and now I'm really focusing on my writing the writing phase of my career mhm although mm-hmm. I'm going to continue acting just I'm just going to just be a little bit more choosy with what I do it really has to move I'm, me I have a I have a movie I'm, that comes out now in um in August of 25th this year Called A Wall Seventy Two. I'm excited about that, and and I'm excited about continuing doing projects that I'm excited, you know, that that really move me and that touch me. But right now, I'm really focusing on 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 letters to them, and I have loved, and I'm writing. I'm currently writing the sequel for it, so mm-hmm. it's an exciting time. It is very exciting, and you're you're definitely moving a, a lot of women everywhere. So I wanted to say, Thank what you. relationships that you had inspired you to write this poetry book? Or was it a well, combination of relationships? Well it's it's a combina it was a combination. I um 
I one of my biggest goals was always to publish my work and mm-hmm. Letters to the Men I Have Loved was the third attempt of me putting a book together and I mm-hmm. actually released it and it's actually the the book is is divided into letters and every letter is for a different man, whether it's someone romantically that I was romantically involved with or someone like my father, like a relative. And some of the letters of the poems are actually pretty old. They're like up to nine years old. And wow. um yeah, so it's sort of like the journey of a girl becoming a woman. I wrote uh I wrote all the letters afterwards, obviously. And mm-hmm. I and I wanted them to match with the poetry that those men had evoked in me. And mm. so there's about three relationships in the book. There's three relationships. One of them one of them was um written a little bit more about simply because it was my last relationship and it was more vivid. Mm-hmm. But I wrote about three men that I was involved with at some point in the last nine years. Nice. And And, I appreciate um, your work. Thank you. Thank you. So I I, I think what really pushed me to publish this book, I Mm -hmm. went through a pretty bad breakup. And going through that really bad breakup, I felt I, I really dived back into writing and writing mm-hmm. poetry just because it's something so natural to to release, especially when you're going through sort of like an, a, a difficult moment emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I would say that breakup really pushed me to to release the book, to release this book. And I'm sort of grateful for the breakup now, now that I think about it. <laughs> At the moment, you know, in the moment, in the moment, you know, it's so difficult going through it, going through heartbreak. But now I'm very, very grateful. It, it taught me so much about myself, and and I'm glad that I was able to put it in writing, and now it helps other women. So I'm very Absolutely. grateful for that breakup now. <laughs> <laughs> you have, I mean, when you go through breakup, there's so many artists such as like Sam Smith, Adele, so many people when you go through breakup, they make wonderful music, wonderful work. So they release it to the world and it becomes something for everyone that can relate to. Yeah, I actually think that the best art comes from pain. I actually mm. always say that. If, yeah. if you don't experience difficult, difficult moments, you aren't tested. And sometimes the struggle is necessary to reach another level, another mm. level of creativity. And I and I really, you know, I always tell people, it's okay to get your heart broken when you're an artist, because it it brings something so, brings out something so amazing in the artist. Mm. It pushes you. It's you know things when they're at, when they're in you know high stakes are are very amazing if you think about it. And mm-hmm. so in the, in that case, I guess yeah, like those artists like Sam Smith and Adele, I I I I was lucky enough. That I turned something <laughs> negative into positive. Absolutely, and your your book is a bestseller. Why do you think that is? You, you think it relates to I women? Think, Why do you think your book is a bestseller? I think, 
the book became a bestseller. First of all, women, they related to the book. And mm-hmm. whether it's one letter or two letters or or maybe they're going through a breakup or maybe they're not going through a breakup. Maybe they're reliving things that that they lived in their past or sometimes uh, if they're very young, sometimes they want some sort of direction. And sometimes if they're older, they want to feel that someone understands what they're going through. There's so many reasons why women mm-hmm. have left my book. But I generally think that because people, a lot of women resonated with the book, they told their friends about it and they told their family about it and and it created a domino effect of word of mouth and I generally think that's one of the biggest reasons why my book became a bestseller because a lot of people enjoyed it and they just wanted to share it. Just like how we share a lot of great things and we, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, this favorite lipstick. And so my book was one of those things, and I'm really grateful for that. Really grateful. Absolutely. How long was the process of you making this amazing poetry book? I mean, like, was it a year, a couple of months? What was the, the whole process of writing it? How long did that take you? Well, it really took me about a year because mm-hmm. I, although I had written a lot of the poems, I've written a lot of the poems in the you know throughout the years, writing mm-hmm. the letters and really putting it together and seeing what poems I wanted to include, what not to include. Plus, you know, it was a, a very interesting process because I am I'm divulging a lot of personal information, a lot of mm. I'm, I'm being very vulnerable and yeah. sometimes. I'd write things and I'd be like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that," or and I and I had to sort of um, it, it was it, it was interesting because it was sort of like writing a diary, but I was telling mm-hmm. stories. I was telling these men things that I had never told them, and mm-hmm. it was something that took a lot of courage to do because usually we have pride in our ego and. And I put it all aside, but it generally took me about a year to put it all together. Absolutely. From your book and your past experience in your relationship, what have you learned from all of this? Because, you know, you learn from the good, you can learn from the bad. In any relationship, what have you learned about yourself? About myself? I've learned that I'm very strong. That is the the most important, I think, lesson I've learned after experiencing a difficult difficult breakup and throughout the process, the journey of this book, because I self-published, and not everyone saw my vision of what Mm -hmm. I was doing. And sometimes people have to see it to believe it, and I learned that I can be my own best friend and my own worst critic and I learned about strength strength in every single in every single area in in terms of I had to really really pick myself up sometimes when I was a little weary of where this was going or I wasn't sure how I was going to do it etc and 
and I learned that I was very, very strong. And I think that's the most important thing I've learned throughout this journey, and it's something that I try to pass along to women that I meet, and when we speak about them, I, I'd like to always tell them that they can turn their pain into greatness, because I genuinely believe that. I, I genuinely, and I am, I am an example of it. I took something negative, and instead of letting it destroy me and hurt me, I turned it into greatness. I turned into strength. I, I, I became stronger. I, and now I'm able to, to pass it along to other women. Great, strong, creative women that we are. I, I just love that. Now, as a creative person, you being vulnerable, how did some of your relationships or your prior relationships, the guys, how did they react to the book or did they know it was them when you um, wrote the letters? Well, three, uh, there's three guys and one of them doesn't know. Okay. I never told him that he was in the book, I, to be honest. I, I wrote one letter about him and if he were to read the book, he'd know exactly what was for him. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to go there with him personally because I didn't know how he would react to it. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying his name or, or, you know, these are men that a lot, of, you know, two of them, they've moved on, obviously, because it was years ago. They have kids and they have families, yeah. so I was very respectful of that. Another one, he was very, very happy for me, but he did ask me not to sh- share his identity because of his okay. privacy. And I would never divulge, like, who is who. Uh, then the, um, the other one, who I wrote actually more letters for, he has been extremely supportive throughout mm-hmm. this entire journey and... At first, he was a little upset at me because mm-hmm. he felt that I said a lot. <laughs> I said a lot. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I think, what was I supposed to do, you know? I didn't describe him either, but he's very happy for me and very proud of me. But, absolutely, yeah, it was, absolutely. It was interesting. I think I kept it at the right level of privacy mm-hmm. because... I don't say their names. I don't describe Cality. So I am not putting their life out there because in the end they didn't make the decision to write a book. I was the one who uh, made the decision to write a book. So I try to I try to be to be constant with that throughout the writing process. I didn't want to put their life out there so much. I wanted to really focus more on the emotions that they evoked in me more than who they were, if that makes sense. I, I totally understand because this is what, I mean, there's millions of poets out there, writers, and for whatever reason, like I told my godmother, I've read your book maybe like four times, and she said, she really? asked me why I said, it's just, it's just the emotions that she describes that I've been through or I can just connect with. That's why I've read it so many times. <laughs> It's just, it's just because an amazing it's thing. something that you can sort of substitute with what you've been through. Because mm-hmm. I'm not focusing so much on the men itself, 
yeah. focusing on the emotions. So it's like I always I, I say that I I put I think I sort of place myself in a box when I title the letters to the men I have loved, considering that now a lot of men won't purchase the book <laughs> because they're afraid <laughs> of picking up you know, going to Barnes and Noble and picking up a book that says letters to the men I have loved if they're not gay. <laughs> but the reality <laughs> is that the book is about emotion. And exactly. You wouldn't know if it's for a man or not unless mm-hmm. someone really starts breaking it down to you and starts telling you. Because I'm, I wrote the letters for just, you know, instead of saying their names, I just said, you, you, you. So it could be for anybody. Absolutely, and I'll tell you a story the about name, that. The name, um, did, the name did scare people, some men from purchasing the book. I don't, I, I don't think so, and it. I'll tell you a story about that. Um, I am his prey. I put that on social media, and the guy that I was dating, it wasn't a subliminal, but he kind of knew what it was. He was like, oh, I, I like that poem that you put up. That's about me? I said, yeah, it is about you. <laughs> so men do like it. They, they, they do um, resonate to your book as well, depending on the poem, I believe. Yeah, I think it depends on on the poem for sure. Absolutely. What writer inspires you? What, who's your favorite writer? Oh, I I I like to say Pablo Neruda. Mm. Uh, I've had different poets inspire me since I was a teenager, but Pablo Neruda, I love his work so much. I, I literally have all of his books at home. I love his because the thing about his his poetry is that it wasn't the typical full of rhymes. It was just so mm-hmm. real, and 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 I think that's sort of something I carry on in my writing. I I try to write in a very real form, yeah, in a very raw form, and that is how he wrote as well and obviously there's other poets that I completely that I'm inspired by and that I I love their work like for example Maya Angelou I love Mm -hmm. Maya Angelou's work and I love her story because even if there's things that I might not resonate it might not resonate with me I I love her story of all the struggles she went through and how successful she became and she's such a great a great um, model of strength for a lot of women and um, I actually tattooed I only have one tattoo and I tattooed one of her poems one of the titles of her poems my wrist um, that walked on the rise by hers and I did it well, I was going through a whole time. Right before I started writing my book, I that poem of hers, Will I Rise. And it gave me so much strength. And I decided to tattoo it about two days after she passed away. Just because it's sort of a reminder for me that it doesn't matter what I go through. I'm still gonna rise, and I and I love to see it on my wrist because I feel that sometimes when we give up or when we start crying, the first thing we do is that we might put our 
our our hands on our face, you know, or et cetera. So I always felt like it's something that I'll see all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's definitely another a huge inspiration for me when it comes to writing and and just being a female writer. Uh, I I love other poets like Gustavo Adolfo Becker, who is very, you know very old poet. He's like from the 1800s. A lot of people don't know his work because his work hasn't been translated as much mm-hmm. in English because it's it's very beautiful in Spanish and it does rhyme a lot and it's just very sweet. It's more about a sweet, naive, sensual type of love. And I, I love, I love love. I love love. I love poetry that's about love. So I'm a poet, but... Sometimes there's poems that I don't connect with. Like, you can write a poem about anything. You can write a poem about tree and its leaves. <laughs> but to me, the poems that connect to me the most are the ones that have to do with love. It touches my exactly. heart in a certain way. So you, do you feel like you're really hopeless? about love. Oh, absolutely. Love you, is great. Do you feel like you're a hopeless romantic? You just in love. You 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 know what I mean. You just seems like you're you're a very passionate person. And do you feel like you're a hopeless romantic? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I think a lot of people would expect from me to say that I'm a hopeless romantic, but I don't think I am. I'm actually really against a lot of cheesy romantic things. Good. Like the <laughs> the usual. You know, it's like. I'm not really the girl that that really that swoons over a guy sending her flowers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There are romantic gestures that obviously like any woman we love, but yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a hopeless romantic. I think if anything I'm more a, a better word to describe who I am would be I'm, I'm an idealist. I'm an idealist. So I, I'm a dreamer, and I envision always the best things before the negative. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So ideal, ideally, way. ideally, I, I love the white picket fence and the great guy and the kids. Maybe not a real white picket fence, but I'd love the family. I'd love that, and I'd love to find someone that I can build a life with. But as long as, if it hasn't happened yet, I'm not going to, like, go crazy for it. And I, I'm I'm in love with love in a weird way. I, I can, can fall, I don't fall in love easily, but I do fall in infatuation easily. I okay. constantly have a new crush every week. Like oh okay, <laughs> but when I fall in love, I fall in love hard. That usually takes a while though. Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, I'm not in for the cliches of the flowers and candies on Valentine's Day. I do believe in real love, like genuine, passionate love. And we're going to talk yeah. about some of the your poems that I love. We I always talk about love and lust because you know a lot of women I feel today. They could be in lust more than they're in love, and sometimes when you're young, you don't know the difference 
could you can you explain that the difference between love and lust and the difference between that? Well, um, lust is what we always confuse as love at first. It's mm-hmm. the chemistry between two people, the desire, yeah. and I think it's great to experience lust. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think it's, you know, everything in moderation. <laughs> but love is what I always like to say. It's after the lust has burned away. Because you won't, in a relationship, you won't be lusting for each other forever, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a little, you know, that subsides a little bit. We We are, we're like animals, I'd say, that... We smell each other, and that's how we know we're attracted to someone. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that subsides. But when there's real love, when there's real love between two people, it's beyond the mating every second of the day. It's beyond that. It's really like who, who is, you know, how much... How much do you care about that person, that unconditional type of love? Are you going to be there for that person when they get sick? When you know, People always, I think since we're kids, we've always heard those vows of when people get married. But in reality, those vows of like, oh, in sickness and health, till death do us part, etc., that is love. And I think that mm. once you love like that one you can't ever stop loving that person. That's why I say in my book, I, I'm always going to love these men because I love, you can't just loving someone, stop caring about someone. You're always going to love someone that you loved once. You're going to continue loving them. But love changes. It's maybe the lust isn't there anymore, but the respect is probably still there. So Love just changes its form, its energy. But, um, yeah, I see a lot of people confuse lust and love because lust is exciting. It's that infatuation phase. Like you just want to see the person and you desire that. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling, but love is a little bit more difficult because love deals a lot with forgiveness and accepting people for who they are. And sometimes that's hard. Because flaws aren't easy to accept. Real love endures. I, I feel like I feel like when you're in love, you have to go through some things. You know what I mean? To really know if you're in love, it's not always going to be roses, and you know, it's not always exactly, going to be beautiful. Yeah. If you can you go through some through. things with your person, then you're in love with them, good or bad. Mhm. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. Now we want to go. I, you're just amazing, and I'm just going to let you talk because, you, you know, I have so much more, but you, you're just giving so much information. Talk about, I, want, I, I love so many of your poems. Like, I was in a bad mood, and you have Liar. Tell us about that poem, Liar. Where, where, was, your, where was your state of mind at? What happened during that time that you wrote that? Um, when I wrote Liar, I... It was someone, obviously, past relationship, and he had sort of came back into my life again, And but he wasn't honest about certain things, and I caught him in a lie. And I always say this. When people ask you, 
a question, you should always try to say the truth because mm-hmm. half the time the reason why they're asking you is because they already know the truth. Because if they wouldn't know, they wouldn't be asking you. There's if there's no suspicion. If there's no, if if there's no suspicion, it's because the person has no idea of what's happening. But if they ask, it's because there's suspicion because they know something. So you might as well be truthful because I always say that even if you even if you think the truth is going to hurt the person, it's better to hurt the person but maintain the respect that person has for you. But once you lie, you lose the person's respect as well. So it, when I when I wrote that poem, I had caught this person in a lie, and it just made me very sad because it's like he doesn't realize that every time he lies, I wrote, he's, he's committing suicide in front of me because I'm losing the respect that I had for mm-hmm. him. And that's what it means. Like, he's committing suicide. It's like he's killing everything I see in him. And God knows that I hate to watch him bleed. I I wish he would have just told me the truth. Instead of me just watching him dig the hole and bury himself, you know? And it was like, yeah, it was one of those things. Because it's like sometimes people lie to you so much that you sort of become numb to the lie. Mm-hmm. But you know that they're lying to you, and you're just like, I cannot believe that you are just prefer you prefer that, me to not respect you anymore. And we do. And, uh, I mean, women, we we pretty much have our instincts, and we know, but we just want you to tell us the truth, and they the just truth, don't, yeah. and it just it burns you up when they when they tell lies. And so when you wrote that, I was like, yes, this is so me. The Ghost of Me, I love that poem. Can you talk about that, or could you read a little bit of that? I love that because I've been there. <laughs> the Ghost of Me was, I wrote that because I um, I always found it interesting that the girl that comes after you whenever mm-hmm. you break up, it must be a really difficult thing, I imagine. I've never been with anyone that they were with someone else for years and had a very serious relationship. And it must be difficult to have to see this person and see that I still have, you know, that they still have part of me in them. It -hmm. must be hard. It's, It's sort of like if someone, whoever I date, Next, the same thing, you know, they go through the same thing. It's like there's things that even if I might not tell my next boyfriend, there's things that I'll think about from my past relationship. It's normal. It's like it's just so normal. It's after you're spending and living with someone for a long time, you become used to a lot of mannerisms and and things that, that that the other person used to do. So I can oh, I wrote that because uh, a group of friends and we're sort of going through the same thing and and um, and I kind of wrote it for those women in my position. I okay. say because it's true. It's like the ghost of me. You always it's like it's like you keep a part of that person with you. It doesn't matter. 
if you speak to them or not ever again. And the person that has to deal with them after you has to live with that, has to live with with that ghost of that relationship around. It's not easy, <laughs> but it's actually kind of empowering when you're the ghost, in my opinion. Of course. Like, hmm. I know you think about me. You know what I mean? It just makes you feel yeah. a certain way about yourself. <laughs> There's another one I, I could go on and on about. I decided to baptize our bed. I mean, that's self-explanatory, but for those that don't have the book, tell us about that. I love it, love it, love it. Where was your state of mind when you when you, you wrote that? Well, the state of my state of mind, like I, I was, I had gone through this breakup and, and then spoken to him in months, and I remember waking up one day, his that he was still around everything, sure mm. everywhere, and in our in his our bed, he moved out, and I just felt like I need to get. I felt like I wasn't allowing anyone new. In my life, mm-hmm. anyone knew mm-hmm. in that bed because it was all around, and I was just, I was very distraught, and I made it, I believe life is about decisions, and I wrote that poem because I told myself, that's it, I am going to have another man in this room so I can get rid of his aura, right. his energy, and so mm-hmm. that's of his sense. And that's where I decided as our bed came from. But it was interesting because it starts off so, like, I'm about to do this. I'm about to baptize our bed with another man's scent and free myself from your aura. But And you and you think, oh, she's so strong. She's about to go do this. But then I admit, and I was vulnerable, I admit saying, you know, and most importantly, out of my flesh that still craves parts of you. Because you could try to get rid of someone's memory, someone, but when they had an, a strong effect in your life and you both had a, a, a real bond, it's hard to, to get rid of those things. And actually, like, sexually, too. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's where I decided to baptize her. And it's so funny because when... I um I I posted that poem prior to publishing the book, and and my ex called me after I posted that poem. It was hilarious. Like he was going crazy thinking that I was actually baptizing my bed, our bed. <laughs> it was funny. Men and their pride. Wow. Yes, egos. You have to walk a very line mm-hmm. with men and their egos. You. Um, I'm sure you have that a lot. I just like okay, this you know I I go through stages in relationships and dating. Checkmate, I love that one. And I checkmate, know about. I Let's talk wrote, about. I mm-hmm. I wrote checkmate years ago. It's crazy. Really? I was like 22 when I wrote checkmate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote it a long time ago, and but it's interesting. It's um. It, I, it's still one of my favorites because it's very short and and very precise and and I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's sort of making that decision. Hey, we're not. I'm not going to do this anymore. 
I'm not going to do this. And I use that, those um, metaphors of a chess game because I, this guy that I, that I wrote it for, he felt that he was, he was very special, like, like he was like a king. So that's why I used it. And he always had people around him that praised him more than told him the Mm. truth. So um, that's why I titled it Checkmate, because I was done. <laughs> I, that is an amazing thing. How I love I Know About Us. I've been through that stage as well. Tell us about that. I Know About Us, um, I know about us. the story really behind I Know About Us is when you break up with someone and you go through that moment of like perhaps rekindling the the romance, the relationship and you're both at a crossroads because you don't know what to do and especially if it was a very bad breakup that it even involved other people's opinions. Mm. And and you don't you're not sure what to do, but you know that there's something that still draws you to this person and and you don't know what to do but you sort of want to just give in to it and give in to love and say okay let it kill us like this could harm us us getting back together but let's do it and it was one of those moments that I had that you know it's like I know about us and, and I know about attraction and and because I, I think it was, this is what it was, I was trying to also see other people, but he always kept on reeling me back in. And that's what that's what I mean by I know about us. Like, I know about, like, that chemistry we have that I can't get rid of. I can't, I can't walk away from it. Even if I try to meet other people and move on, keep reeling me back in. So that's what the poem is about. This is why you're one of my favorite writers. I relate to this <laughs> yeah. so much. <laughs> Let's just talk about one more addiction, and we're going to um, talk about you living in L.A. with, you know, your friends with Selena Gomez and Van Diesel, and talk about some other things like that, just addiction. Explain that. Love that. Going through it. Explain that. Addiction. Yes, I I wrote this poem because I I I was comparing love to a drug, mm-hmm. and I always and in it and how it started. I remember writing this while I was visiting my parents in Miami, and my parents always instilled in me like, "Don't do drugs, don't do this, don't do that." I grew up in a very conservative um, home, and they. They had, it's not that they had the rules, but it was just more like, oh, you know, you teach your kids not to do certain bad things, quote, unquote, Mm -hmm. bad. And drugs was one of them. So I never touched drugs, and but I felt that love was my drug. So I opened Mm. it like that saying, you know, I was taught that drugs were bad. I was taught that I shouldn't try them not even once because they would dim my light. But when I met him, I you know, I went astray. 
I took a hit and it's never been the same. I must have injected mm. him in my biggest pain. You know, and it's that story. It's like I, it's like I, I was madly in love and I couldn't. And it was like a drug. It's like I think I've seen how drug addicts are, and I mm-hmm. think love hits the the same the same emotions <laughs> of when you have an addiction. Because there's people that are social drug users. <laughs> They're not addicted. But exactly. once you're addicted to something, it makes you crazy, and 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 that's that addicting type of love. Yeah, I think a lot I, of us experience, <laughs> but a lot of us, a lot of us don't know how to get rid of it, and a lot of us, if we haven't experienced it, we want to experience it. Everyone wants to experience that type of love one day, in my opinion. That that type of love it, it makes you crazy. It's like you're in a high. It makes you crazy. You just, it's a high, exactly. It's a, it's a passion there. I think I put this on Facebook. This passion equals craziness, and most of the guys was like, yes. But I think that when you're in love and you're very passionate, it can make you as a woman do some crazy things. You know what I mean? I just I can say I have. You know. When whenever a boyfriend has told me that I'm crazy, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm passionate. And you're that's lucky what I that you're a passionate woman. I, that's what I tell them. I have. I was just. I told them. I was like, no, I'm not crazy. I'm passionate, and there's nothing wrong with passion. <laughs> okay. So we want to talk about. Um, I did some research. You're friends with Selena Gomez. Like, you tell us about your social life because you seem to have a very live one. Well, I think that in order to write things, you must live them. So <laughs> I, I, I like to enjoy my life. I try not to live by the book too much. Mm. I try to, you know, be free. I yeah I have you know been in this industry and in the, in living in Los Angeles for a number of years. You get to work with different people and you get to meet different people through different social circles and and sometimes you connect with people um, more than others and been very lucky that I've met some really amazing artists. Whether I worked with them or we just became friends through you know, through friends, through mutual friends. And, yeah, um, Los Angeles living, I'd say, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So I wanted to say, I know we had you on for so long. What is next for you? Well, um, right now... I am writing, uh, I'm going to be releasing Letters to the Men I Have Loved, a journal. It's uh, mm-hmm. It sort of breaks down Letters to the Men I Have Loved, and it, and it gives um, questions for the reader to answer. And I feel that it's going to be very helpful for someone that wants to get to know themselves and and release certain things. Cause I think writing is a great way to release and move on and forgive and so it breaks down every letter and with examples of my own life as well and uh, then I'm 
also writing the sequel to Letters and Men I Have Loved, which is titled 18 Inches. And if God's will, I'm going to release that top of 2016. Okay. And we're working on um, on turning, taking uh, Letters and Men I Have Loved to the small screen, to television. So oh, that's, that's amazing. the next thing I'm writing, I'm currently writing right now. Thank yeah. you so much. And just tell everyone out there that, you know, your social media, where they can find you, all of that, and then you, we can wrap this up. Uh, yes. So my Instagram, I'm, I'm more of an Instagram person. It's at Mirtha Michelle, M-I-R-T-H-A, Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. And my book is Letters to the Men I Have Loved, and it's available on Amazon.com and at all Barnes & Noble stores. Thank you so much. And if you could say your name and listen to the Mecca James Show, and then we can go. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Martha Michelle, and you're listening to the Mecca James Show. Thank you so much, and you can come back on the show anytime. Thanks. Usually I Thanks. play music, but you were so inspirational. I just didn't even play any music today. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the show. Thank you, Mecca. No problem. Hey, everybody, I told you I have my favorite writer on the show, Martha Michelle. Oh, my God, what an amazing way to start off Women in History Month. She was phenomenal and just so many jewels about relationships and love and emotion. Listen to this show on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mecca show and the number one. And you can follow me on, you can listen to any of my prior shows on iTunes with Tammy Roman from Basketball Wives. Charlemagne the God from Power 105, Miss USA, Megan Tanning, and so much more. All you have to do is go to The Mecca James Show and download it. And we just, this was an amazing show. I tell you people, I bring the best of the best. And so with that being said, I'm going to play a song by Miss Selena Gomez, which is Mirtha's, one of Mirtha's friends, and we're going to get out of here. It's The Mecca James Show, everybody. The heart wants what it wants. You got me sipping on something I can't compare to nothing I've ever known I'm hoping that after this fever I'll survive I know I'm acting a bit crazy Strung out a little bit hazy Hand over heart I'm praying that I'm gonna make it out alive The bed's getting cold and you're not here The future that we hold is so unclear But I'm not alive until you call And now but the odds against me are Save your advice cause I won't hear You might be right but I don't care There's a million reasons why I should give you up But the heart wants what it wants Baby, no, I can't escape The bed's getting 
It's the Mecca James Show, and I am going to play one more song, and this is Sam Smith. He's doing his thing. You know I got to play a little Sam Smith. It's the Mecca James Show. Yeah. 